Thanks for tuning in to the Hope Church Podcast. We hope that you're blessed and encouraged to walk out the gospel as you listen to this message. How many know the kingdom's advancing? It's advancing, and church, we get to join him in what he's doing around the world and across the street from where we live. And I'm excited about what's coming in the new year. In fact, I think we only have about 20 days left of this year, which is crazy. I don't know why, but it always shocks me when we get to December, and I can't believe we're here. Are you the same way? And it's just like, wow, what a year it's been. I thought last year was a year. This year has turned out to be quite a year, too. And as many of you know, I know we have so many new people that have just come and are a part of our family this, this year. Um, but over the last few years, we, we've started um, each year with a church-wide fast. And I know that when you even say the word fast, blood pressure spikes. You know, hands start getting clammy. Um, I get it. But we have seen God do so much as we have fasted as a church together in these past years. And over the last couple of months, as I just have been seeking the Lord about direction and what we're to, to do and what he wants to do in the next year, you know, I even just put this before the Lord, like, is this something we're supposed to do again? Because how many know sometimes you don't keep doing the same thing you've done? Sometimes there's different stuff he wants to do. And I, as I prayed and as our staff just talked and, and together, we had such a strong sense that this is absolutely what we are to do in the new year. As we step into the new year, that this is going to be a really strategic time for us individually, for us as families, for us as a church, to seek the Lord together, to humble ourselves, and to position our hearts and position our lives for more of him. And so I, I want to let you know this, that on Monday, January 3rd, that's like in 21 days or 22, something like that, we're calling our church, this family, to a 21-day fast of media and technology. Do I hear groaning or shouting? I'm not sure. 21 days where we are together going to just set apart to the Lord to unplug from all the different media platforms, unplug from the news. Can I hear an amen? Unplug from social media, unplug from television, for, for just, just all the things that pull for our time, that pull for our attention, that pull for our affection, that pull for our focus. And we're gonna unplug from all of them for 21 days to silence the external noise so we can let him in and begin to quiet the internal noise in us through setting new patterns. How many know that when you want to walk into something new, it requires new patterning? Setting new patterns for the new year, new rhythms for the new year, prioritizing his voice above the other voices. And in doing this, church, we're going to tune our hearts, we're going to tune our ears, we're going to reset, we're going to come into an alignment with him so we can step into all that he wants to do through us. How many want to be a part of him doing all that he wants to do through your life? I know I do. I believe the Lord is actually inviting us into this. It's an invitation it's an invitation. So um, as, we, as we do media, of course, you can add any kind of uh, additional fasting of food along with this. Some of you may want to do like a Daniel fast like we've done along with this. Some of you might want to, you know, I don't know, fast vegetables. Um, just kidding. We, <laughs> can I hear an amen? 
some of you might want to do like a sugar fast. Some of you might want to fast caffeine. Um, maybe some of you might want to fast just a meal a day, some sort of food along with this. If you're the rare person that is completely uh, unconnected from media. Maybe you're somebody that's here and you're like, I don't participate in much media. You say, I don't watch TV hardly at all. I don't do social media. You know, I'm one of those people with a flip phone. <laughs> I love those people. Are you here? I love you if you have a flip phone. Right there. You're my hero, <laughs> Joey. Um, yeah, if you're one of those people, you know, maybe you're going to want to fast in a different way. And I, I've said this a couple of times. I heard this a while back in regards to fasting, that if it means something to you, it means something to God. If it doesn't mean anything to you, it doesn't mean anything to God. And um, I encourage you to talk with the Lord about it. This isn't about your pastor telling you what to do. I'm calling us. It's an invitation to you. Um, it isn't this. It is this. Like, I'm inviting you, and I believe the Lord's inviting you, but he wants to speak to you specifically about how you would respond to that. But I do sense that specifically the media unplugging is really something for us um, to step into together. So this morning... Um, in our time together, I just want to do a little bit of a review on fasting, and then I want to speak to just a few specific things, and then we're going to pray at the end. So fasting, by definition, is abstaining from something, right? But biblical fasting goes way beyond just denying ourselves nutrients or denying ourselves technology. Biblical fasting is a posturing. It's a posturing, a positioning of heart. It's a positioning of my life saying, I want to be filled with more of Jesus. It's, it's me saying, God, I want to hunger for you. I want to say no to some things so that I can grow my hunger for you. In fasting, I'm saying no to something so that I actually have the capacity to say a greater yes to something else. How many know that if everything's important, nothing's important? If everything's a yes, nothing matters. So, I, so I'm turning something off in fasting so I can turn something else on. I'm saying no to this desire so that my heart is positioned for a greater yes, a greater desiring of him. Fasting is a way and a means, I believe, of seeking first the kingdom of God. Fasting is not about earning love. The love of God, it's, it's, it's not about earning acceptance from God. We are loved and we're accepted. How many are thankful for that today? We are loved and accepted. We, we aren't trying to earn anything by our own righteousness. In fact, the Bible says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is about positioning ourselves before the Lord, shifting our focus and saying, God, I want to want you more. I want to want you more. Increase my capacity to want you. Increase my capacity to love you more. We're going to look at this morning what Jesus has to say about fasting in two different places, in Luke chapter 4 and then in Matthew chapter 6. And Jesus, he not only teaches about fasting, but he begins his ministry with fasting and prayer. Right as he was baptized, most of us have read this many times, it says that the heavens, as he came up out of the water, the heavens opened, it parted, 
the Holy Spirit descends upon him from heaven like a dove. And it said he rested on him. And the voice of God spoke over Jesus and said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. How many know that we were created to hear those same words over our lives? Right from that moment, he went right into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights of prayer and fasting. And if you have your Bibles, you can open them to Luke chapter 4, verse 1. It says this, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Can we say full of the Holy Spirit? Full of the Holy Spirit. Returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those, those days. And then they were ended, and when they were ended, he was hungry. Now, Pastor Gary taught about, about the temptations of Jesus several weeks back. It was a really powerful message, but in those 40 days of fasting and prayer, Jesus resisted the devil by refusing every temptation and every lie that was thrown at him. And it says that at the end of those 40 days, in verse 14, it says this, that Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. So he goes into the wilderness here, see this, full of the Spirit, and he comes out of the wilderness after 40 days of prayer and fasting and prayer and time alone with the Father. He comes out in the power of the Holy Spirit. 40 days alone, 40 days of silence, 40 days of quiet. And there is a, a distinction here between being filled with the Spirit and actually walking in the power of the Spirit. That there's something that happens here in these 40 days in the wilderness after a month and a half of prayer and fasting in the quiet place, there's something that happens that Jesus had the capacity to take on the devil himself and walk away untouched and victorious. In some way, in the span of this time, Jesus comes out and he returns in the power of the Spirit, the power that he would need to accomplish what the Father had sent him to accomplish. We don't know how this all works. I'm not standing here today to tell you exactly how it works. It's not a system. I'd never try and build some form around this. But somehow, church, when we internally, when we say no to something, when we weaken ourselves in the natural and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to starve this, I'm going to say no to this, and I'm going to quiet myself, and I'm going to give myself to intentional communing in, in an elevated way with God. I say no to food, I say no to distractions, and I quiet myself. There's something about that obedience, that heart cry, that positioning that releases power. It releases the power of the Spirit on your life. And we see it demonstrated in Jesus. The Spirit led him into the wilderness, let him be hungry to see what was in his heart. Do you know fasting reveals what's in your heart? I'll tell you what, when you, when you turn off 
the news and you turn off the social media and you unplug from your phones for a bit and you set them down for a little while, your soul is probably going to scream a little. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like your soul's going to scream. It's There's some stuff that's going to come up. You might even feel a little depressed. You might even feel like you're going a little bit crazy. You're like, Josh, why in the world would we do that then? <laughs> because we're dealing, we're letting the Holy Spirit deal with some things. We're letting him deal with some things so that he can have a greater place inside of us so that that yes in us can expand so that we can be all that he created us to be. Since Jesus was full of the Spirit, that's what came to the surface. He walked out of those 40 days of fasting and power because his appetite for God was above everything else. I shared this once before, but I love this quote by John Piper. He says this, we'll have it on the screen. If we don't feel strong desire for the manifestation of the glory of God, it is not because you have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It is because we have nibbled so long at the table of the world. Our soul is stuffed with small things. There is no room for the great. How many of us would say, I think we've had enough nibbling on the, the table of noise this past year? How many would say that maybe we've done a little bit more than nibbling? We've been feasting a bit at the table of noise and all that's gone on. I believe church, that we are given an invitation here as we step into this new year. And I hear the Lord calling us in a real clear way to come away with him so that we can actually live and walk in the way that he desires for us to. In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus gave his disciples instructions on what a lifestyle of following him would look like. So when he, when he called his disciples and he said to him, he said, come follow me, what he was saying is, come and learn from me. Come and learn from me. Hey, come learn from me. I love how John Comer says it. He says, he says in other words, Jesus was saying, copy the details of my life. Come and follow me. It was, in our language, we could say, come and copy the details of my life. Did you know that following Jesus is actually something we do? Following Jesus is actually something we do. It's not just an idea. It's not just an, an ascent to like, oh yeah, I follow Jesus. No, it's actually something we do. He says it's a practice as much as a faith. It's a practice as much as a faith. Following Jesus looks like something. It isn't just a concept. It isn't just a belief system around truths. Following Jesus emulates a lifestyle that in a real way copies the details of his life. That word copy makes me feel uncomfortable, but I don't have better language. Emulates. Reproduces. Right? Like, he teaches truth, right? Jesus, all through his teaching, he's teaching truth. But he's the way. His way of life is the way of life for those who follow him. Are you picking this up? 
So, so as much as it's about the question, what do you believe or in whom do you believe, it's actually also about do the details of my life increasingly look like the details of his life? Which then is ultimately coming back to my truest identity, which is that I'm an image bearer of God. So Jesus is sent, he's the exact representation of God to show us who we are. And as the, our lives begin to imitate, begin to copy the details of his life through the power of the spirit at work in us, we begin to actually be who we were really made to be. And here in Matthew 6, if you have your Bibles open them there, Jesus is talking about a lifestyle of the kingdom. And specifically here, he's talking about a lifestyle of, of giving, of praying, and of fasting. And he says here, verse 2, he says, when you give. He talks about giving. Then he goes on, he says, when you pray. And he teaches about praying. And when you fast, he says, and he speaks to fasting. And what he's doing here is he, he's giving specific instructions on each one. Like here's... Here's how you're to live. Here's the way. And what he's doing here is that he's making it, it clear that like giving and like praying, that fasting was going to be a part of the life of every believer. I think in church culture, we accept generosity and giving as part of what we do, and certainly praying as part of what we do, but we often don't talk about fasting a lot. But it's connected here in the same place in his teaching. And what he's saying here, he's saying that, me, that giving, praying, and fasting are part of a lifestyle of the followers of Jesus. And the thread here that he ties the three together with is motive. Look at this, verse 1. The motive. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. The religious leaders were known for this, right? And the heart of this passage is not that public righteousness, meaning practicing righteousness before other people is wrong. What he's saying is that if your motive is to be seen by them, that's what's wrong. That's the problem. The problem lies in the motive. And he says this about prayer, verse 6, when you pray... Go into your room, shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret. Does this mean we shouldn't pray in public? Of course not. We know that Jesus himself practiced public prayer. It's about motive. Verse 16, when he says this, and when you fast, can we say that out loud together? And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, he says, they have received their reward. Verse 17, but when you fast. Isn't it interesting? He says it twice. When you fast, and he says it again, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. In other words, don't walk around looking gloomy like, here's, look at what I'm doing for Jesus. That your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who's in secret. 
And get this, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. The motive for praying and fasting is what matters. And our father who sees the motive of every heart will reward you. I even encourage you, the Lord wants to grow this desire to fast in you. I don't want you to fast because your pastor told you to. I'm inviting you to. We're, 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 I feel like the Lord is inviting us into this, but it has to come from the motive of Jesus, I want you. The Father who sees the motive of every heart will reward you. What's the reward? The reward is him. The reward is him. The reward is more of him. There's an invitation and there are promises of this throughout scripture. You know them probably by heart. Draw near, draw close to God. What's the promise? God will draw close to you. When we hunger and thirst for righteousness, what's the promise? The promise, you'll be filled. You'll be filled when we hunger, when we thirst. Jeremiah prophesies about this in, in chapter 29 of Jeremiah, verse 12. It says this, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I love Hebrews eleven six. I love the Amplified. It says, he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. So fasting is a form of seeking. Hear me on this, and I, I just want to be really clear on this, because I think sometimes you can hear a message like this, depending on where you've come from, what your background is, and you can think that, that I'm putting a bunch of bondage on you today. I want to tell you, be free from bondage. Okay, this is not about bondage. This is not me putting heavy weights on you today. This is good stuff. Hear me on this. I want to be clear. Fasting is not about striving. I have fasted through striving before. It doesn't work. It is not about striving. It is not about trying to earn favor. It is not about trying to earn love. It is not about performance or works based anything. Jesus said, freely you've received Freely you've received. I love 2 Peter 1.3. It says this. His divine power, meaning what Jesus did for you, has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Notice it doesn't say your spiritual disciplines have granted to you all things that pertain to life and godliness. It doesn't say your good works have granted to you all that pertains to life and godliness, it says his power has given it. His power has granted it to us. We've been given all things, amen? But think about this. You've been given, every single one of us, and this is really, really simple, but I think really, really key right now for us. You've been given unlimited resources in an account. They're in your name actually deposited in you because the Spirit of God is in you, right? Everything we could ever need, everything we need for life, everything we need for godliness has been deposited. I mean, magnificent promises. If we got this, we'd jump up right now and do the happy dance. Everything we need 
to reflect the nature of Jesus has been given it, to live the Jesus life. But here's the thing. Our response, our yes to what's been given, to what's been put in our name, will be the distinction between living in it or not. Our response, our yes, will be the distinction between living in it or not. Let's say it like this. I'm, I'm a simple guy. Two people, two believers, each are given a whole week to do whatever they want. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being given a week to do whatever you want? Okay, just, I need that. You don't. You, don't, you do whatever you want, apparently. <laughs> You're given a whole week to do whatever the stink you want to do. One, let's just say this is really extreme. One person sits in front of the TV all week. Not only just the TV. They got their phone. They got their laptop, okay? Can you imagine? They're just binging. Lots of Doritos and junk food around. I don't know. I think they go together. You know, they're just, they're scrolling for those, you know, 168 hours through social media, they're just like watching movies all day and they're just like going for it. It's just like, it's like a media fest, okay? I know it's crazy, nobody would do that, right? It's just extreme to get the, the idea. And then you have this other person with the same seven days, with the same 168 hours, and they have a choice, just like the guy the other guy had a choice, and they make some different choices. They, cho they choose to sit down and, you know, I don't know, they're like, hey, I've got a whole week. I'm going to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I'm actually going to just like, I'm going to study the life of Jesus. I want to encounter Jesus through the word. You're like, well, that sounds really religious. <laughs> Isn't that funny that that seems religious? Maybe it doesn't. They read through the Gospels. They spend time in prayer. They're like intentionally doing things to bring life. They're intentionally doing things that, that are gonna feed their spirit. They're gonna read some good books, right, in those seven days. They're gonna have some meeting, meaningful conversations with people. They're gonna laugh with some friends and, and rest and, and just have some time just of quiet. So we've got these two extremes, right? As believers, both of these people are fully loved by God. They both have access to all that God has given them. Regardless of how they choose to spend their time, there's an open invitation for both at the table to taste and see. They both have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. Are you following me? But here's the truth. Whoever actually accesses what's available, that's the one who will experience and partake. That's the one that's actually gonna make the withdrawal of what's available. You can have a million dollars in your account, but if you don't go and withdraw it, you don't get to partake. What I give myself to will determine how much I access what's been made available to me. Are you hearing me, church? In fasting, we humble ourselves and say, God, I love you. 
God, I want you. God, I'm going to tune out some other things because I want to tune my heart into you and I want to walk in the fullness of what you created me to walk into. Does that feel like life or did that feel like condemnation to you? I hope it felt like life. We all are given choices. We all are given choices. There's a banquet spread for every single one of us of his goodness and his presence and all that he has for us. In Matthew 9, there were some people asking Jesus why his disciples were not fasting. And Jesus responds to them like this, and he says, the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them. The, day, the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. I think this could be one of the most important statements in the New Testament on whether Christians should fast today. Jesus says, then they will fast. So I believe there's all kinds of examples of fasting throughout the Old Testament, throughout different passages, but I believe that the fast that we're talking about, we're entering into, it's gonna be a fast for the bridegroom. It's gonna be, it's a fast of longing, it's a fast of desiring of his presence and his return. And his return. So you'd say, well, why the media fast? The Bible doesn't say that. It says food. Why unplugging as a fast? Well, we've just experienced, and I believe that we're still in one of the noisiest, most agitated seasons in history. We live in a day um, where technology, through technology, we're just in constant communication, right? There's just constant. We hear, we know everything. In real time as it happens, we're bombarded every single minute with information, with agendas of every kind, <laughs> distractions of every kind. Everything clamors for our attention 24-7 if we let it. Not to mention just the pressures of returning emails and texts. Do you ever feel those pressures? I read a statistic that said we check our smartphones 81,500 times each year. That's once every 4.3 minutes of our waking lives, which means you're going to be tempted to check your phone twice before I'm done. Don't do the math. Be like, when's he going to be done? Let's count this back. <laughs> <laughs> One survey said that I read 77% of young adults said that when nothing was occupi occupying their attention, the first thing to do was to reach for their phone. I'm not harping against technology here. I'm just talking about the facts of our society. I read one study that surveyed 8,000 Christians about social media routines. 54% admitted to checking a smartphone within minutes of waking. 73% said that they were likely to check email, social media before they did any kind of spiritual disciplines in the morning. As a people, I don't need to say this to you, as a people, we're highly distracted. Human attention has become the most important commodity in our world. Our attention, everything around us is trying to grab our gaze. Have you felt that? 
I know you have. I don't even have to tell you. You know it. You experience it. We all do. Apps, social media, they try and entice us constantly begging for our attention. You know what I've noticed? That even if I mention when I'm with a friend that I'm looking for a new chair for my living room, all of a sudden, within minutes, chairs begin to appear in some feed of mine. Right? It's crazy. All of a sudden, now I've got 150 chairs I get to be distracted with. What do I need in my living room? Now, you know what I'm saying? It used to be you go to the store and there it was, right? Do I sound like I'm old saying all this? I'm starting to feel like I've gotten, like I'm that, like, that guy. I don't want to be that guy. You know what I'm saying though, right? Technology is a gift. I'm not saying it's not a gift. I'm just saying that it's got to come under the lordship of Jesus. It's got to come under like the, 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 the way of Jesus. I Google something and all of a sudden I begin to get all kinds of things related to that subject, right? Sent to me one way or another. I mean, it's like, and then I'm on a rabbit trail and 20 minutes have gone by that I could have been doing something significant with. I know it's just me, right? Never happened to you. As we scroll through the news feeds and the social feeds and whatever other feeds we feed on, John Tyson, he talks about this, that they actually create a dopamine addiction caused by consistent desire for new content. The next headline, the next online deal, the next photo, right? The next, here's what's really going on article. Right? The constant checking of social media because I'm afraid I'm missing out. It actually causes us to, to feed the addiction by constantly seeking new material, which results in our loss of ability to actually pay attention. To pay attention. Read you this quote. Don't worry, I'm gonna be done soon. Nicholas Carr says, what the net seems to be doing is chipping away my capacity for concentration and contemplation. Whether I'm online now or not, my mind now expects to take in information the way the net distributes. In a swiftly moving stream of particles. Once I was a scuba diver in a spa of words, now I zip along like a guy on a jet ski. Whew. Think about that. And we lose our ability to be present. We lose our ability to be present to the one in front of us. And we lose our ability to be present to the presence of God. And we lose our ability to be present to the voice of the Spirit that wants to commune, to the voice of love that says, you are my beloved. And because of all of the noise, and the constant barrage, I don't have the quiet or the silence to actually hear him say how much he loves me. And when I can't hear the voice of the Father speaking his affirmation over me, I begin to think other things that aren't true. And I wonder sometimes, somebody said this, I wonder sometimes if we blame God for his absence when we're the ones no longer present. 
And then we got to come to church for a quick dopamine shot because we can't feel them when we're alone. And he's like sitting there like, I want to be with you at home. I want to I want to talk with you. But like things are just too crazy and too busy and your mind is everywhere. And I want to commune with you. No longer present because we we became distracted, noise filled. The external noise has become so loud that the internal noise becomes equally as loud. And if we're honest, and I'm with you on this, if you're with, if this connects with you, sometimes we fill ourselves with external noise to cover up the internal noise. And sometimes we're so plugged in that we get plugged up. <laughs> That'll preach. <laughs> I, I just had that thought the other day. I felt like that was from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we're so plugged in that we actually get plugged up and we can't hear and we can't focus. And we're like, oh, what's wrong with God? What's wrong with me? And it's actually that we've fallen out of the practices and the rhythms that Jesus actually called us to walk in and live in. And if we'd step back into those, we'd enter back into that sweet communion with him. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not talking about goosebumps. I'm talking about the peace. I'm talking about the joy. I'm talking about the love, the realities of the kingdom that are for us in whatever situation we find ourselves in. None of them are determined by externals. They're inward workings of the spirit. Experiencing the Jesus life that he gave his life for us to have here and now. When we experience a distance between him that he does not want, we have to pay attention to that. Tyler, you can come. I was thinking December, we think about his name being Emmanuel, God with us, right? God with us. Jesus comes as a baby in the most humble of places to be with us. God so loves the world that he doesn't want any distance. He sends his son to come so that we could be present, not far off. Remember, he's the one that says, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. He's the one that says, I'm with you to the end. And yet so many of us feel far from God or distant from God. And he says, I don't want that anymore. Hey, take a break from all that stuff. Come and get away with me. Be quiet. And you're going to remember who I am. And you're going to remember who you are. How many say that sounds kind of good? Come on, would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to close by just reading this passages ask that we all just not leave right now because I really believe the Lord wants us to hear this and it's out of Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 to 30 out of the message I love this so much and it's it's the invitation and I actually believe it's the invitation to our fast and Jesus says this are you tired is anybody tired I want to see it. Are you inside tired? Are you wore out? How many people? 
Okay. Burned out on religion, anybody? Okay, three of us. That's good. Come to me. Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. How many feel like after the last year and a half, you kind of need to recover your life? I'll show you how to take a real rest. Doesn't that sound good? Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I just, I don't know what it is about this, this translation, but I'm gonna invite you just right now to close your eyes all over the room. And I just want you to just hear this and I'm gonna be like Jesus saying it over you. Just close your eyes. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And if you're here today just with your eyes closed and you want to respond yes to him on that, go ahead and just lift your hands up all over this room. My hand's going up too. I want to respond to your word, Jesus. I want to enter into this next season, this next year. I don't want to be wore out. That wasn't your desire for us. We don't want to be burned out. We don't want to be filled with weariness. We want to, we want to recover our lives. We want to learn how to really rest. We want to learn how to walk with you and work with you and watch how you do it. And I pray, all of us in this room, that we would be those that would say yes to this in you. And I pray that in Jesus' name. I just want to say this. Learning from him is the key to the Jesus life. You know, sometimes we have, we know about all this stuff that's available, but there's such a discrepancy from what we read and we know to the reality. And I believe that much of the discrepancy is in the rhythms and the practices of our lives. That sometimes we start doubting God in all kinds of ways because we, we, we've heard what is supposed to be, but it's so far from what really is. And I think Jesus is, is calling us back in this, this moment saying, hey, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it, and your life will actually copy my life and you'll live in the life that I desire for you. If the statistics are true that I read, and I believe that they are, if as a church, we actually truly unplug for 21 days, quiet ourselves, 
enter into some silence, some solitude, seek the Lord, and really develop some new patterns and rhythms to our lives that reflect Jesus. I actually believe our lives and our families and our church is gonna be transformed. And maybe we'll actually be able to be present to the world around us in a way that we release this love like we've never done before. How many wanna be a part of that? I do too. I do too. So I want you to pray about it. Ask the Lord how he wants you to enter into this fast. We're gonna talk more about it in January. Every Wednesday in January, we're calling the whole church to pray here in this room. We've canceled everything else in terms of leaders and different groups meeting. Kids ministries will happen, but we're gonna come in here. We're gonna, we're gonna learn from him and we're gonna pray and we're gonna just quiet ourselves because it's gonna be a really new thing that he's doing in us. We're gonna end by singing this little song, Set a Fire in My Heart. I'm just gonna ask for the hunger uh, of the Lord to fill our hearts right now. Just one more time, lift your hands all over this place. And um, I, just, I just pray for hunger to be released. Just begin to pray, would you? If you pray in the Spirit, go ahead and just pray in the Spirit. I pray for a hunger for Jesus, a longing for Jesus to be increased in this room right now. I pray for an inward, internal fire to be released. I ask for an internal longing. A longing for Jesus. pray that, Lord, we would enter into this place of rest and peace so we actually have something to offer the world. And I pray for hunger for Jesus to rise up in your church and that it would be a fire that could not be stopped and it would spread everywhere we go in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. We love you. God bless you this morning. Have an amazing week. Love a few people before you go.